0: Hi, I'm Paul Carr, and this is podcast 25, The Baby Flight. Uh, I'll give you lots of info at the end of this. I'd never held a disabled infant in my arms before. To tell the truth, i had never even seen a deformed infant before. Now, here I was responsible for delivering three tiny female orphans to their adoptive parents on Christmas Eve. 28 years old, a New England Yankee, through and through, I taught English on Jeju Island, Republic of Korea. College students the country over had been rioting and they had succeeded in closing colleges. I, thoroughly fed up with the many delights and surprises of Korea, needed to go home in the worst way. One of my colleagues had informed me of the baby flights a program whereby I could travel from Korea to the U.S. and back for a mere 25% of the normal airfare. But the hitch was that the traveler had to transport not one, not two, but three infants. That translated into at least three flight changes, Seoul to Tokyo, Tokyo to Anchorage, and Anchorage to New York City. In my case, it came complete with diapers, formula, pacifiers, and much patience. The alternative was to pay the full fare. Not much of a choice for a single guy in Korea trying to make a buck and stay sane. So, I found myself boarding a plane with three infants aged three months, seven months, and a year and a half. Training had been a haphazard verbal run-through at the orphanage agency the day before. You will have a double baby carriage, the woman at the agency told me. She appeared to be about 35 or 36, didn't smile, and couldn't look me in the eyes. You will place two babies in the carriage. The third you will carry in your arms. A document bag will be slung over your right shoulder, and a bag of baby necessities will be over your left shoulder. I cleared my throat for a question, but she belted out more instructions. You will always be the first one on the plane and the last one off. I choked on my thoughts and let out a barely audible, "Mm, okay. I had a younger brother and a sister. I had changed their diapers. I babysat for them. What could go wrong? Just how hard could this be? When I finally boarded the plane, the little ones came, complete with runny noses, wet diapers, and colds. Crying, messing, fidgeting, and wetting became the main components of the most hectic hours of my life. I had been told to sit in the aisle seat near the bulkhead, and I did. I placed two babies in their own separate bassinets, which bolted into the wall in front of me. The third baby I had to hold at all times. I stuffed their document bags overhead and their necessity bag under my seat. When the plane finally took off, the poor kids let loose with a terrible howl. As the plane climbed, it began to vibrate violently. I'd been on flights many times, and nothing approached the jostling we took. Faces grew ashen as the plane continued to shudder. A few passengers whimpered. Overhead compartments flew open, and items rained down on us. I held one baby and leaned forward to protect the one in the nearest bassinet in front of me. Flight attendants hunkered down where they were, grabbing anything to study themselves. The trembling increased so much, all the babies quieted in unison. The plane resounded with noises of shuddering and creaking. But inside the plane, people didn't utter a word. Man, the wings are going to snap, I thought. What a way to go. A few seconds later the plane stopped shaking, and in unison the baby sucked in air and howled with full lungs. The entire plane load of passengers burst into tension, relieving laughter, and that cut the ice for those kids and me. People slapped each other on the backs, some people clapped, and the attendants served free drinks for the rest of the flight. However. Korea and I hadn't fared so well in the past three months. Exotic and beautiful indeed. But most of the time, I didn't think I understood what was going on. Yes didn't mean yes, and no didn't mean no. It was a topsy-turvy world for me, and it seemed that screwings were a part of the natural order there. For example, the real fat-juicy teaching contract I had signed in Connecticut turned out to be somewhat short of the fat and the juice once I got to Korea. However, one thing disturbed me a lot, and I hadn't much time to reflect on it. The infant I clutched was disabled to the max and quiet as a mouse. She had an absolutely massive head with disproportionately minute arms and fingers. Obviously, this baby was a dwarf infant. This child is messed up, I thought, and I was surprised at my own thinking of that. I was repulsed, and I began to worry if the parents on the other side of the Pacific had a clue as to what was being delivered to them. So I figured this disabled child, quite possibly, was more of a Korean pulling a scam on some unsuspecting couple in USA, and the nastiest part of it was I was the conduit for this deceit. Naturally, I didn't look forward to the transfer, but I was too busy to give it a lot of consideration. Babies hollered, howled, and screamed. The one on my lap was as wet as an ocean and the milk formula in the bottles dropping low. I rapidly remembered how to clean a wet bottom, put on a new diaper, and shove a pacifier in an open mouth. Two smiling American soldiers, obviously a couple, ambled down the aisle and stopped right in front of me. They're all yours, asked one of them with a sweet pumpkin pie-eating southern accent. Nope, I'm the delivery man. You're looking at orphans on their way to a new home on Christmas Eve. Um, Could we hold them for a minute, maybe? Yep, just make sure you hold their little necks. And I thought, where the heck did that come from? So I sat there alone and watched these two soldiers warm up to these babies like they cradled baskets of thin-shelled eggs. The soldiers got smaller as they dawdled down the aisle, and they pulled the babies closer to their faces, whispering to them. And I thought, don't have to worry about those babies. They're okay with those guys. I sighed. Oh, God, only one left to watch, and she's sleeping. But when I peered down at my 18-month-old baby with the very large head in my lap, I found that was not true. She stared at me. I noticed her long eyelashes. She's gorgeous. As I looked into her eyes, I couldn't help but see that they held a crisp, intelligent glow. Then she smiled. It surprised me, and I was hooked. Funny how a thing like that can change you. The person on my right in the window seat was out for the count, snoozing away. Nobody was looking, so I leaned forward and kissed this small child on the forehead. From that point on, she radiated beauty, and she rarely left my arms. The Tokyo stopover didn't come soon enough for me. The soldiers returned and apologized for not being able to help any more, as they had another flight. They each handed back a baby. I placed my baby in the bassinet and proceeded to change the diapers of the two babies the soldiers had just handed me. A pile of single dollar bills fell from the two babies' clothing. What the heck, I thought. I quickly glanced at the departing soldiers. One of them turned and gave me the thumbs-up sign and blurted, "'Little varmint's gonna need all the help they can get. "'Merry Christmas! Thanks, guys!' I yelled. I placed the two babies in the double baby carriage, made sure I had a firm grip on mine, and rolled us off the plane to a waiting room. I went to a row of chairs and plunked down, still clinging to my baby. Not many minutes later, an attractive Asian woman approached. She hovered nearby walked up to me, and then left. But I saw her do an about face at 10 feet, and she plowed straight back. Are those babies orphans, she whispered as she stared down at them. Yes, yes they are, I said. Then the woman started crying. 24 years ago, I was one of those kids. Uh, I stood up, "Um, would would you like to hold one? She said, I saw all of you on the flight, but I was afraid to say anything, but I had to. I had to ask. Yes, yes, please, could I hold one? Sure, pick one. She unbuckled the one that was awake, uh, and she suggested, why don't we put the two rows of seats together for a larger area for them? Great idea. So we slid two rows of three seats together so the high backs faced outward and the low seats merged together like a big protective playpen. The woman sat at one end of the playpen and I at the other. She held a baby up high with her two hands, and I recognized joy and sadness. Then she clutched the baby close to her and closed her eyes. I also closed my eyes. For at least a short time the babies didn't cry. But a boarding call let me know it was time to reboard the plane. Um I said to the woman, if you help me bring a baby on, you can pre-board the plane with me. And she said, I'm not ready to give this baby back yet. I would love to continue holding her. So we moved the seats back to their original orientation and prepared our kids. I piggybacked one. The woman whose name I still did not know followed me on board with the other two. I headed toward my bulkhead area, placed a sleeping baby in the bassinet, and continued holding mine. Can I take this angel to my seat, she asked. Absolutely, I said. The plane filled and some passengers smiled at me, others grimaced. Eventually the plane took off and once in the air my orphan assistant would show up, lend a hand, clean a bottom, or soothe an unsettled little one. By now I had developed a strong bond with my baby. I even named her Tina. The more I thought about giving her to someone else, the more more worried about her prospective parents I became. I felt like a slave trader and a traitor all wrapped in one. Seconds slowly dragged the minutes, and then minutes crept to hours. Sleep, magnificent, gentle-eyed, closing sleep, ever so sought remained unavailable for me. There never seemed to be a time when all three of the babies slept, and I noticed if a baby anywhere on the plane cried, I bolted upright. The Anchorage, Alaska changeover swept past me like an unsubtitled foreign film. I observed things, but wasn't really sure what was happening. I was exhausted. My hands and body moved, but exhaustion nipped around my edges. I also lost my adoptee helper here. I could hardly remember her handing a baby to me. I was pretty sure I thanked her, and from then on, my mantra became, New York, New York, just get me to New York. Tired, and sticky under the armpits, at long last I heard the magic words, Please place the table in front of you back in its locking position and return your seat to their forward position. We will be landing in New York in ten minutes. The rough landing bounced us around, and the babies who had at long last closed their eyes now opened their mouths. The plane touched the landing strip, and I let out a sigh. First on, last off. Like it or not, you're going to have to wait. Well, Tina, we're going to see what fate has in store for you, aren't we? Passengers collected their things and scrambled off the plane. I had the entire plane to myself. Two couples rushed on, matched identification tags, and then sped off with their new children. But I still held Tina, and it seemed like nobody was coming on for her. In the end, I trudged off the plane to a small crowd. Tina clung to me tightly and cried, and I thought, What if nobody comes for her? Then I spotted them standing to the side of the exit. Oh my God, perfect, unbelievable. I had to work hard not to stare. The man was no more than four feet tall and his wife even tinier. They walked towards me and small hands of a dwarf couple reached up for Tina. As I passed Tina, she said, oh ma, which of course can mean only one thing, mom. At that point, I lost it. I wiped the tears from my face, walked to the side of the terminal, crumpled on the carpet floor, sniffled, and wept like a three-year-old. The following year, after a full dose of Korea, I paid the full fare. The baby flight was far too expensive. So that's that story. Um, I I did really, really well with the baby flight. Um, Every word of it is true. And... uh, if you if you see the picture that accompanies this story, I, I made a short story called The Baby Flight. That's my story, and um, yeah, there's over over a half million copies of it have been published. Uh, it won Pebble Beach California Short Story Contest, and it's been published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, and it's published in Open Your Heart, Open Your Soul by olodia Tate and Yolanda King and Yolanda King. Um, I got to read that story with her at San Jose State. She's the daughter of Martin Luther King, which was quite an honor for me to read that with her. Um, It was published in a local paper. Anytime I've entered this in a contest, it's won. Um, I published it in a local paper called the Coast Weekly. They had a a writer's contest there, and a screenwriter called me up, and uh, they bought the screen rights to the story. And um, Silver Spoon, Productions, I believe it was a long time ago it was it never was made into a movie, <laughs> but I have to say if you're uh, the story's two pages long, but the contract was was nine pages. Um, and I, I retained all short story rights and but they they have all the rights to um, the to movie so I can do what I want with it. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough thing. So um, and I delivered orphans um, four times so three babies three babies a shot and it was uh with northwest airlines and you'd get 75 percent off your fare and 45 free days of traveling uh in the domestic united states but it was uh very very energy sucking and uh yeah i often wonder what happened to those kids you know and and they were always girls always girls uh one time we had a boy and he was he had a a lip. lip um the the Asians tend to uh to really favor their boys over the girls in it i'll end this with this comment that the uh, i uh, the expression was it's far better to have nine crippled sons than than one daughter so uh yeah they they got rid of their girls that way at all i delivered 12 orphans and 11 of more girls so anyway um that is the baby flight and uh thank you very much and you can you can get it on uh amazon prime just the baby flight paul h Carr. it's uh, like 30 32 34 pages long and the the illustrations are all my my photos that have been photoshopped, and uh, my ugliness is in is in one of them, and uh, my wife too. She she helped a couple times as well. So there it is. Thank you very much. The baby flight.